Welcome to Nice Ashes, episode two. This is Nate. And Mike. And what are we smoking tonight, Mike? We have Punch 1840 Diablos. Uh, never now had this it one, yeah, I've not, I've not had it before either, uh, but it's got the same, I uh, can't remember what you call it, like the box, uh, the box squish. <laughs> that the, it's a uh, box diesel. press. Yep. Yeah, yep. the box press, yep. Box press looks to be six and a half, seven inches long. Uh, hard to tell the gauge, but I'm going to guess it's a 60. So people can look it up online better than I can tell them. I'm just looking with my eye. That is true. My wrapper here says, um, 56 maybe, Ooh. 58. I don't know. It's hard to see. Um, the good news is the snowbank I was sitting in last episode has now melted Nice. and I was able to get my fire going out on the patio and it's, uh, you know, it's 50, 60 degrees out here still. So. Should be should be a lot less teeth chattering this time. <laughs> yes. My my uh, little label doesn't have any of that information. I must have ripped it like a fool. Well, I think the um, and you correct me if I'm wrong, um, but the wrapper appears to be quite a bit darker than the diesel. Or, I mean, then the flathead. Yes. I would say so, yes. I'm lighting this one with a match as well. Okay. I'm using my Jetline 3-burner lighter with the mirror on the on the little cap that I like so much. Also, they don't sponsor us. Nor do matches, I guess. No, no, no. Diamond matches do not sponsor us. But uh, all in all, a great brand of matches if you're in the market. Yes. It reminds me of, uh, we talked about this a little bit last episode. And I talked to you afterwards. You've never heard of King Cobra JFS. No, I have not. Well, King Cobra is a internet famous lol cow and he always says not a sponsor always yep. uh, and the, there's another group or another uh youtube video group youtube content creators <laughs> i suppose youtubers there we go um i'm aging myself a little bit oh uh, the people that put videos on youtube um, <laughs> you know, that site where you put videos on, um, but they say that too, uh, good mythical morning and they do a lot of weird stuff, but, um, I like watching them when they kind of do the like candy taste tests. They do like blind taste tests of like different candies or fast food, you know, chicken sandwiches, things like that. Um, uh, but they quite often say not a sponsor. Well, okay. Good mythical morning is actually big though. You yeah, know. yeah, they're big. And um, for those of us listeners, not me, not me. Uh, but when you say uh, lol cow or whatever, that that means something. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so a lol cow is somebody who is not aware of how ridiculous they are. Uh, so they go around and they make YouTube videos typically 
And it's hilarious because it's just psychotic. But they don't think they are. They think that everybody else is crazy. And they usually interact pretty strongly with their troll fans. Okay. Yes. And that's where a lot of it comes from. So I suppose time will tell if we're lolcaw cows or not. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, King Cobra, you know, he's like a... uh, kid with Asperger. Well, he's not a kid. He's 30 years old, but he's got Asperger's and he makes videos in a shithole apartment and he practices magic with his wand and he'll have like a Mountain Dew and he'll say, not a sponsor. Okay. (laughs) Classic. Yep. So I think I'm about, if my eyes judge correctly, about a quarter of an inch into this uh, so far, this Diablo and I think the initial quarter inch on this has so far been more impressive than the first quarter inch of the um, the flathead. Okay. Uh, describe what you're. What do you mean? Well, it just it tastes it tastes more full. It tastes um, more rounded out, whereas with the other one, the one we smoked last episode. You know, it really kind of took to that middle part to get to the real sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And that and that first inch and a half, uh, I remember you used that measurement quite a bit last episode, so it was probably cold where you were too. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I don't dislike this first these first few uh, puffs that I've taken. Interesting. So I found them to be uh, harsh and over overwhelming almost, if you can uh, believe it. On this one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm about a quarter inch down as well, and it is uh, intense. Like, it is intense, but it, I it I like the good. flavor. It's bold. Like I like it. Very bold. I'm definitely not puffing hard on it. I'm, yeah, it's slow puff. It tastes very nice. It does. It does. I quite like this one. Did we we bought this one at the same time together? Did we? Yep, I think at the yeah at the uh, Tobacco Grove. Yes. Yes. Also not a sponsor, but it would be great to get them on the show at some point because <laughs> they've got like the best humidor I've seen. Um, you walk in there and I wear glasses and they instantly fog uh, because they keep it at the appropriate humidity in there. Um, but it's a fairly large room uh, for their humidor. Yes. And it's it very big. And it's rare that they allow you to smoke cigars in their shop. They actually have like a lounge. I don't know about how rare, but I haven't seen that before. I mean, you're not going to see that at like a smoke shop that also smells vapes, but um, their sign on their door is great because they say we don't sell cigarettes, vapes, (laughs) e-juice or anything. We only sell cigars and pipe tobacco. Yep. It's so uh, we had a cigar shop uh, up here when I was growing up and you could smoke inside. Uh, when Minnesota decided to do the smoking ban, they kind of killed a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, not, not really on purpose, but the exemptions for cigar shops, proper cigar shops were extremely limiting. Yeah. So, uh, down in the Metro, I really only know of two offhand, which is Anthony's in uh, Uptown and then the Tobacco Grove, which is crazy for a city that has, or a metropolitan area that has two and a half million people. And there's only two cigar shops you can smoke inside. Yeah. You know? What we did talk about last time, you don't really see a lot of people out and about smoking cigars. 
like, no, like you, don't. you might have, you know, decades ago. Right. It's not as popular as it once was. At least not, uh, not for a daily type of thing, for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes, um, but I have smoked vapes every, every, every now and then a couple times. Um, but I got to tell you, like when I'm watching a movie and the main character is vaping the whole movie, I, there's just something about it that kind of like takes me out of the movie <laughs> that I don't get when, it, when they smoke a cigarette or even a cigar or pipe, you know, it's like, they've got the, you know, the, the, what uh, movie are you talking about, Nate? Oh man, I think. Oh man, it's um, it's the one with uh, Rosamund Pike, and it's got. Oh man, and I just watched him in uh, Cyrano. Uh Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah, yep. Okay. Um, and it's she's um, the whole premise of the movie is Rosamund Pike is a like a healthcare advocate for old people. But she gets them committed to these old folk homes and swindles them out of their inheritance money by working with the doctors to rack up the medical charges so that their inheritance goes to that and then they split that. Um, so she's a lovely young lady. Yeah, but uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic movie. And, uh, but in there, I believe... I think she, she, it's not so frequent that it's distracting, but I've seen some other movies where, you know, the main characters are just always puffing on their vape and it's like, oh man, but maybe that's how prevalent it was with cigarettes too. And I just don't know. Cause I grew up before they banned smoking in Perkins. Oh, it was, it was, um, I've watched a lot of movies from the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. It's like a cigarette advertisement. You know, they'll have John Wayne smoking a Marlboro Red and the Marlboro will be showing out of the top of his little pocket that he put it in, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but that's historically accurate for cowboys. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So before I lose too much light out here, I know last time we promised we'd talk a little bit about the uh, Black, Red, Next, and White Liberals mm-hmm. uh, book that I've been reading or that I finished reading and will soon be sending your way. Uh, I it, listened to it. Oh, Audible. okay. It was free. It came with my subscription. Well, and what did you think? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I uh, wanted to listen to it again, to be honest with you, to uh, do yeah. more yeah. Uh, notes, you know? Yep, exactly. But, uh, I wanted to criticize, criticize them, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, we, the, we can. The, we can do both. In, in the earlier section, he was describing black redneck culture and white redneck culture. And he kind of was railing, or not railing, pushing forward the idea that white redneck culture had diminished. And I'm not sure if white redneck culture has diminished. Because... I know um, the I know the white redneck um, gods have diminished because we took all the statues down of them. <laughs> Right, but the fact that they had statues to their gods in almost every small <laughs> hellhole southern town, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they got very upset uh, about it. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a good point. I don't know that they have diminished either. Um, I spent five years in Oklahoma, going to college and then working, and you know, being from Wisconsin, Minnesota area, I got called Yankee quite a bit uh, for people from a state that wasn't in the Civil War. 
Oh, I, uh, as you know, I worked the oil field for many years and I have friends from the South and I worked with a lot of guys from the South and, you know, I've been called a square head. You know, I, I they, they always want me to pronounce words for them because they oh, think yeah. it's funny, you know, which is normal. But the square head thing caught me off guard. I'd never heard that until I moved uh, there and worked with Southerners. I haven't heard that uh, until tonight. Square? Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's a, I guess a slur uh, against uh, Scandinavians. Well, color me offended, good sir. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm barely Scandinavian, like 12 and a half percent. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm Norwegian and German. Um, and then, you know, the various kind of um, European mix sprinkled in. But even with some of these racial slurs, like I don't, I haven't looked them up because I don't want Google to target ads uh, to me with like the Confederate flag boxers and things like that. But, um, you know, they, I don't know what some of these words mean that people call other, other races. Like I, I don't know where it came from or why that's what we call them. Not, not we call them, but. Right. People. Well, yes, uh, there are a lot of the. In my experience, a lot of slurs are regional. They're not national. I mean, obviously, we got the big, the big group that everybody. Don't knows, you say it. Don't you say it. Uh, we're not saying nothing. We're not saying nothing. But uh. so, so to get back on point, <laughs> uh, Thomas Sowell is the one who wrote uh, "Black Rednecks and White Liberals," and I thought, you know, it's a series of what you know, what five or six essays, I suppose. Um, but I thought it was very interesting because it kind of looks at things from a, a further distance at the start. And then kind of he drills down to different specifics and different reasons why certain things may or may not have happened. Um, but I know on the last episode we were talking about like imperialism. And so his last, his last essay in here is called History Versus Visions. Uh, and basically... I don't want to, you know, this is just my summation of it, that it goes into way more depth and he's way more eloquent in <laughs> getting his point across uh, than what I am. But uh, basically he's saying that by living in modern times as we are stuck right now uh, and looking back at history, he is making the argument that certain people perhaps in power or whatnot have colored history with their vision of what they want history to enable them to do today. Would you say that's kind of a fair assumption or a fair like summation of that last, that last chapter? Uh, yeah, I would say <clears throat> it's, it's, it's pretty fair. I think his criticism of or policies that we've had never really addressed like elements of, hard work and personal responsibility. Which, yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest complaint uh, that I have against this whole entire book is there's there's not a call to action. There's not a, a solution or a resolution really other than just kind of a generic, like everybody should be educated. Sure. Yes. In, in these things. Uh, but that doesn't it doesn't really give you a path of like, well, if I want you know, equality to work. If I want things to be better, you're not going to find that in here. No, I mean, may maybe, trying. maybe it will, maybe it will like trigger you to find something or come up with something. So, I mean, I guess there's that. Sure. It's potentially it, it, describing 
you could say the same thing about yeah and you could say the same thing about like algebra like algebra is not going to tell you how to solve it but you know we can use that and go to the moon you know right and when i mean hard work so i i wrote a little screed about white rednecks it's not that the white redneck doesn't work hard quote unquote it's that they're not smart (laughs) they're not they just they don't value using your brain to solve problems yeah so it's these very guys will, you more know, of a grab, brawn yeah they'll grab 10 guys to lift a big pump up instead of going and grabbing one skid steer and one strap you know so they use 10 guys where they when they're taking five times as long yeah. you know they're just slow uh because they don't want to use machines you know they don't want to look weak yeah so they you know they want to you know, get her done. You know, how many times I've heard that in my life. It's like, no, well, it well, depends it's not on how, <laughs> how, much, how much you've listened to Larry the Cable Guy is really what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. They're all fans of Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did want to talk, uh, and I was going to read just one sentence out of here um, because we were talking about imperialism, conquest, you know, conquering other nations, um, Louisiana Purchase, that kind of stuff. Uh, But in this last chapter here, he says, conquest like slavery existed on every inhabited continent and involved all the races of mankind as both conquerors and subjugated peoples. And, um, you know, in that chapter, he really does go through and goes through all the different, not every single different people, uh, but he does go through quite a few examples of how that's kind of been humanity's way of life ever since we got here. Yes. And, and I thought that section of the book was wonderful because yeah. he is being accurate. Uh, racialized slavery existed in Europe before America was discovered. Yes. Uh, there was a push to end slavery by imperials you know, by the imperial governments of the world. Yeah. So in many ways... uh, And by imperial, I think we should also clarify by Western imperial countries. Yes. Uh, Because I remember that was kind of a big distinction that he made um, was that, you know, Britain and eventually America, um, after both had outlawed slavery, uh, England ran a pretty large deficit sending ships out to stop slave, slave ships. Yeah, in the Arab empires. Ottoman Empire, yes, yeah. this, you know, those, that area, which there's still slavery there now, uh, unfortunately. Well, I guess there's we can still pr- blame now. England for that. <laughs> well, I guess if they would never have uh, made them independent after the First World War. <laughs> <laughs> More imperialism, not that that's a good yeah. thing to do, but. Well, that's true. Um, for, for that issue, it's true (laughs) for that issue. It's definitely true. And I suppose it's also true that, I mean, it's great that we got out of, uh, Iraq and everything, but you know, the Taliban's back now. So, right. That's also not good. Um, but being an inch in now to the cigar, it's, it's mellowed out quite a bit. I think. I agree. It's mellowed out and I really like it. Me as well. I'm not getting an even burn, but oh, uh, I didn't get an even burn on my last one, but this one, it's it's even. 
This is one nice ash I'm looking at here. Huh. The other one burned very even for me, but this one's a little lopsided, not like uh, Danger Zone or anything. Yep. But very good. Yeah, it's tasty. So, yeah, this uh, Thomas Sowell is very, uh, even though it's reasonable and calm, he's not blaming anybody for anything, but it's very controversial. Very controversial. Uh you know, because uh, certain groups just can't be at fault for their own problems sometimes. Because yeah. it's all, uh, you know, the, the the fault of this other evil group where they're always wrong. <laughs> well, and I think that was kind of the great thing about this last chapter, you know, the history versus visions. Because, you know, a lot of the things he talked about was saying that, you know, if you dig into some of these social programs, let's just say, that their vision doesn't match with what actually happened or the statistics or facts and they will ignore things that go against their vision even if they're true sure which could be said for for you know a lot of people doing all sorts of things you know and we talked a little bit about that last episode too about you know just how do you or why don't people nowadays converse civilly with one another when they disagree on something. Right. Yeah, it's always uh, evilist vogue immediately. Immediately. Yeah. So the other thing we talked about last episode was World War III, and we posited that perhaps China was kind of watching this Russian-Ukraine situation with a closer eye, and a day or two ago I got a news update on my phone that China had mobilized um, some troops. Oh, okay. But I don't know where or why. Um, so I don't, I try not to go too in depth into any like news things because it's the, the swing they put on it or the, um, oh, the spin, spin. The, spin the spin they put on it. Yes. Swing is, is different swingers. <laughs> Yes, it's uh, it's it's slightly different, similar but different. Yeah, I mean sometimes spin <laughs> helps there too. I suppose it would. <laughs> I suppose it would, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I know that uh, China was in some negotiations with the United States, and uh, they were pretty much told us to piss up a rope. Us being the United States government, not. Any regular person. We're not really involved with any of that. I, I thought they singled you out specifically. <laughs> yes, they mentioned me by name. <laughs> yeah, in their little, that guy uh, from that cigar podcast mm-hmm. where they don't talk about cigars a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that, that show that has zero listeners. <laughs> well, we don't know. Uh, speaking about listeners and things, uh, we just watched The Atom Project. Okay. That's the new Ryan Reynolds movie. I've never with, heard of it. With time travel. Uh, so it's Ryan Reynolds uh, playing Ryan Reynolds in a Ryan Reynolds film uh, that's not Deadpool. But it kind of is, but less F-words. Um, so I don't know if you've seen a lot of Ryan Reynolds films. I've seen The Proposal and Deadpool. And I just watched Deadpool over the last two years or a year or something. 
Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he did like Free Guy and I don't know. I'm just, those are kind of like the recent ones that we've seen of his, you know, it's Free Guy where he's the uh, NPC in the video game. Okay. Do you, do you see any uh, trailers for that one? I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't watch any sort of uh, movies. I watched Dune. I was really excited for Dune. Yeah. But, uh, Dune you know, really typically good. if it's not as good as Dune, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, uh, you know how he is in Deadpool, right? Mm-hmm. He's always, he's got the snarky comments for everything. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. So that's kind of how Ryan Reynolds is, I guess, maybe in even real life. Um, certainly his Twitter is like that uh, from some of the Twitter screenshots that I've seen. But so he kind of plays that same character in, in all the movies now. Uh, and we were kind of comparing him to, say, you know, Michael Sarah. When oh, you, you yeah. hear like, oh, there's a movie with Michael Sarah. Well, guess what? He's probably playing a high school kid who hasn't had sex yet. Right. And, even though and now he's got to be 40. Yeah. Well, and I haven't seen him in anything or heard about him, you know, for quite a while. And so I think he probably got so typecast as that character um, that he just, he never could get bigger than, you know, super bad. Um, sure. But it's kind of the same with Ryan Reynolds, although Ryan Reynolds, I think, is he's done other roles before Deadpool and before he was able to kind of like be himself and have enough, uh, you know, money or say so to be able to bring his own interpretations to these characters. And even though some of the themes in this uh, newest movie, The Adam Project, are, uh, you know, fairly serious, he still has kind of that running sarcastic commentary throughout the entire movie which is it good it's good it's good um i can see where ryan reynolds would be kind of a distraction from the storyline uh because like i said there are some serious things like there's time travel uh trying to save other people at different times throughout times um and okay. stuff. So, so you, do you think he's getting to like uh, the Burt Reynolds level famous? Where I'm not sure how many Burt Reynolds movies you've seen, but I've seen a few. I've seen a the, few. I mean, you know, I grew up watching all the movies my grandpa liked, which, you know, was a lot of John Wayne, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Jimmy Stewart, a lot of uh, like Grumpy Old Men, that sort of thing. Sure, sure. So, like, all. Well, maybe he'll turn into Walter Matthau, Jack Lemon. You know, by that maybe, yeah. I mean, you know I don't know. What you're getting, you know, what you're getting. Yeah, when you yeah. watch a movie uh, he, with those two in. You know, yes, yeah. And and I would say in the past, since Deadpool came out, if you're watching a movie with Ryan Reynolds in it, you know what you're going to get. I, I think sure. he's. I think he's about there. Uh, you know, he might do like a Nick Cage where he's going to, you know, abruptly shift direction, and then kind of like shift back. Um, cause Nick Cage put out a bunch of really terrible, terrible movies. And then he put out one called pig where he's a truffle hunter and he uses a pig to hunt the truffles. It's a serious movie and it's, and it's quite well done. And I really enjoyed it. And I was reading trivia on it and Nick Cage said that he did this one. He did pig because he wanted to prove to everybody he could still act because he was, mm. he was self-aware enough, uh, to know that he was doing a bunch of, you know, crap movies. Um, 
some of which well, are entertaining sure. and, and some have not been. His uh, money problem problems are uh, even I know that he's terrible with money. Yeah, and he's and got I a, don't know and he's and he's got a new movie coming out where he plays basically a caricature of himself with money problems. And so it sounds quite quite entertaining if they can do it the right way, but Sure, if it's um, yeah, it might be some good popcorn yeah. blockbuster, you know. So you don't watch a whole lot of movies? No, I don't watch a whole lot of movies. I don't watch a whole lot of television. Yeah, I don't watch hardly any television. Um, but speaking about movies, just because that's what I'm interested in, and I seem to have your attention on the subject for right now. Uh, but I, th- I think this next thing you might be interested in, because I know that you like the more controversial opinions on things. <laughs> and so I really, really want your opinion. And so I think your homework after this episode is to just pick, pick a movie, like a modern movie and watch and see what you find, because, uh, there's this guy on YouTube and we've determined that these people are called YouTubers, right? That's yes, what the kids, the, the kids are yes. calling them that now. Um, yeah, the, yeah, we're, we're done with, uh, we're done with calling people vloggers or do we still call them that? I don't, I don't there, remember. There are still vloggers if they're of a certain age. Damn it. Yes, they are. The video response is dead though. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh that's a forgotten. Yeah. Know, you know what I wish would form. die is you're trying to get this great recipe and you have to read about their life story. And you have to scroll all the way down to the bottom to find the ingredients and how to cook it. You know, and they're like, oh, "I made this for, you know." Um but anyway, so there's this YouTube channel that I like and I've only just recently kind of been introduced to it and it's he's called The Critical Drinker and he's yes. a dr- he's a drunk Scottish guy. Uh, but he did a great one on why modern, he does a s- little series on why modern movies suck. And so this most recent one that I watched was, um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was something about. Well, he oh, did mo- one on modern, heroes. He did one on villains. Yep. He did. Oh yeah. It was modern. Why modern villains suck. Uh, and that's, that's the one I want to talk about because he says that the unwritten rule of screenwriting you know, and there's, you know, it's the rules of storytelling. Basically, you've got, you know, you have to have things that catapult your characters along to make a compelling story that people want to watch. You can't, you know, um, I think Clerks is the first one that kind of comes to mind where almost nothing happens the entire movie, uh, but you still want to watch it. Um, but that's because he knew what he was doing when he made that. <clears throat> but the modern villains, he's saying the unwritten rule is. <laughs> That <laughs> was that a jab at He Man of the Masters of the Universe 2.0? The He Man free version of He Man? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, but he was saying the unwritten rule now is you can't have a woman ever be beaten by a man. And I'm not talking like Chris Brown beaten, I'm just talking like they can't lose uh, to a man. And he's very pro, like, yep, there should be more women in films. There should be more minorities in films. There should be more everything in films. Uh, but with the caveat that the films have to be good, you can't just randomly throw people in there, especially in a setting where they wouldn't typically be. Um, you know, in the, the new Lord of the Rings series, uh, he kind of like broke that down and he was like, uh, the first woman to ever fight in Middle Earth was in Return of the King. 
So why are there women in full battle garb in the trailer for this prequel <laughs> to Lord of the Rings? Um, I don't, I don't want to get into that, but what are you well, saying? We can get into that. I, uh... We can, we can. But I wanted to finish this thought first where modern films and modern things, all the villains suck. And I was going to talk to you about uh, Adam Project because I watched the movie and then at the end I was like, oh man, the critical drinker was right. Um, so he, and I'm going to talk about these other movies that he talks about in the video because they're, you know, within the past year or so or more, people have had a chance to see them. We don't have to do the spoiler alert thing. Uh, but he talks about the new Star Wars uh, trilogy where, you know, Kylo Ren basically sucks because the ma- the protagonist is a woman. So therefore, even at the beginning of the movie series, when she's supposedly the weakest, he can't actually defeat her because that's not allowed. You know, the unwritten rule is he, he can't he can't defeat her. Uh, and then you get this, you get two more movies of him not being able to defeat her. So then when she defeats him at the end, you know, and it's not just, it's not really a clear cut, like defeat It's you know, it's kind of, they did the same thing. I mean, it's basically the original trilogy, but just told poorly and it makes way less sense. But even when she defeats him at the end, there's really no payoff because she never had to work for anything because he never defeated her. There was never a point where she was like down and out in any way. Uh, no, <clears throat> I, uh, I hate those movies. I hate those movies. Well, get used to it and, because the same uh, thing happens in the Adam project. Uh, but they do some fancy footwork to make it less obvious. Oh, but, okay. No. And, and, and he talked about Thor Ragnarok where Thor's th- sister is the evil one. Uh, but Thor can't actually defeat her, even though he's Thor. And so what they did was they had this, and I'm not a huge comic Marvel person, so if you're going to get upset by me not knowing the name of the thing that came out of the like the beam and killed her, uh, but they third-partied her death. They had something else come, like some entity come and like stab her with this like cosmic sword. So it wasn't Thor. It wasn't a man. It was some cosmic entity that came out of like a wormhole. Uh, and I can just hear, yeah, yep, I can. I can hear all the Marvel people just like flipping their shit. Like this guy calls himself a movie fan, uh, but doesn't know the name of the thing that came out of the wormhole. At, sorry, I don't know. There's like a yes. thousand Marvel movies. Uh, I'm sorry. I I can't watch all the Marvel movies. Some of them are bad and some of them aren't. Yeah, uh, some I'm are not good. interested in watching them, to be honest with you, because it's all mishmash together you know I, i'm not interested yeah. in that type of storytelling myself uh, but you know what here here's what i will say like uh, we did um avengers end game and uh infinity war like you know that two-part one we did that one um and we've seen some of some of the other ones you know i don't know that we i don't think we've seen any like the black widow or stuff like that but here's i'll, I'll give marvel their their props because you could be me and have never read a comic book in your life. Uh, only vaguely know like these characters from growing up with like the 1990s X-Men movies, um, you know, and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and things like that. Um, but they do a good job of, you can come into any movie, even if you haven't seen the other ones in the, the universe that they have, you know, 
and you and you know what's going on. Like they do a very good job of making movies that you can just kind of like you can wa- watch as a one-off, even though you know it still fits into like a bigger thing. And you can watch them in the you know the order. I've seen these big lists online of all these orders of like how to watch these Marvel movies. Um, and I just I don't have the time to do that because there's like a thousand of them now. Um, you know, but but some of them are good and some of them are less good, but I think they do a good job of keeping them accessible for people that aren't the huge comic book fans. Sure. Sure. I, I think that the Marvel franchise suffers from the same thing as a lot of these new TV shows do. Uh, Vikings comes to mind. Anne Boleyn comes to mind where instead of coming up with a new story, with new characters, they just shove in diverse people into spots where they probably don't belong. You know, there's no woman leader of ancient Scandinavia or whatever in mythology. It's just not, that's just not the way that it was. And there's historical consequences for lying, right? Anne Boleyn wasn't black. Uh, yeah. And it takes away from the struggles of uh, black people in our culture to pretend like she was. Well, let's right. let's counterpoint that real quick. Sure. And let's say, what about Inglorious Bastards, and some of these Tarantino films that are reimaginings of historical events? That's different because it's a fantasy story, right? Like okay, so once because upon a because time he in does Hollywood is a you know that this is not it, an accurate. This is a fantasy story, and you know that immediately. Yes. Uh, yes, I, I'll agree with you. I just I wanted to do that counterpoint because you can do movies like this where it is um fantasy and you and you know going into it like inglorious bastards you just know like you know the the whole way the film is done you still get invested in the characters it's it's just enough based in history that you know the people you know um and you know what what really happened or you you have a vague understanding of you know he, you know, Hitler wasn't machine gunned in a theater. Right. You know, like you, you, you know that, I mean, right. some and people, we know some, that I mean, the Manson some... family did not get shot, you know, <laughs> yes, by yes. a drunk actor <laughs> or whatever. With a, with a flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know that that's not true. It's a fantasy story. So it's fine. Uh, I was thinking more specifically of, uh, we're watching Stargate. And okay. Stargate has the main cast are a white woman who's a scientist who's like a borderline genius, a black yeah. guy who's also an alien who is one of the most entertaining guys on the show, and then uh, Richard Dean Anderson because uh, he's legacy for TV and very popular at that time, and then a random white guy, right, who's also yeah, yeah. a genius. Like they have two geniuses: one's a woman, one's a man. And, well, uh, I mean, the woman to be almost fair, always solves all the problems. They're traveling through Stargates. They need yes. geniuses. You they can't need, just no. you can't just walk through one of those things. Exactly. And no and the head doctor's a woman and they have a diverse cast within the Earth side, and then you go to these other planets and they have diversity there as well. But so it makes are you, sense are you saying that, that this is for the diversity, diversity done well? Yeah, yes. It makes sense. It, it's not uh it's not diversity just for diversity's sake. You know? Yes. And and so I don't know if you saw the um, 2016 Ghostbusters answer the call 
the all female reboot of Ghostbusters. I could not bring myself to watch that movie, Nate. I apologize. Uh, you don't have to apologize to me. <laughs> um, uh, but there's there's things like that where you're taking a well-known, loved franchise and you are making it female only, but you're not actually spending the time to write a good script to, to make it stand on its own two legs. And I can prove to you that they didn't write a good script and they didn't care. They just wanted to have the sensational headline all female Ghostbuster cast or something like that. And here's the proof because they brought in every single actor from the original movie in cameos playing parts that weren't their parts that they played in the original. Um, but they would get their own kind of head of steam going. And then there'd be Bill Murray doing something. And you're like, holy, holy shit, that's Bill Murray. And then you would completely forget what these female Ghostbusters were doing. And then it would take another. 10, 15 minutes for their story to kind of pick back up pace again. And then there was somebody else and you're like, oh, okay. And so it was just kind of like they would, it was like start and stop. They'd kind of get their little storyline going and then they'd say, well, this movie's no good. So let's get Bill Murray in here or Dan Aykroyd, or let's get, you know, one of the original cast in here. And then, and then that tanked their entire plot line for like the five minutes. And then they, you know, it took them so much time to get back. Sure. But that's one where it's like, it's diversity <clears throat> for diversity's sake and story be damned. Right. See, and uh, I watched some of the previews because obviously I'm of the age where I wanted to uh, do it. You know, I wanted to watch it cause it's, it's good. But they had, uh, was that Leslie? Can't remember her name. They, they had Melissa McCarthy and then Leslie Jones, I want to say. That and they be. had that, that these women on the screen and they're acting goofy. And I mean, that's not. The story is that these guys are really smart. All of them are smart. They're they're not goofy. The story is goofy. They're trying to be serious in this goofy world, and that's the way that the the story works, right? You're, it's a zany talking, world. They're not zany people. Yeah, and you're talking Ghostbusters? Yeah, the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, I mean, Bill Murray was zany. Like, his character was zany. He was kind of, you know... He wasn't doing, like, Three Stooges pratfalls. Oh, um, no, no, no. Remember, you know what I mean? No, no, I mean, he was, he was doing, like, the, uh, you know, holding up the flashcards and shocking the men and, uh, you know, rewarding the women. You know, he right. was doing like that kind of stuff. Even even though the man was like guessing everything right, he was still getting the punishment shock. Right. You know? Yeah. He was um, kind of that, a, he was that kind of zany, like a loose loose cannon, you know, womanizer type. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's not necessarily he, a good guy. <laughs> well, he you know, but I mean, like, I think of the of the the cast or of the characters of the the first Ghostbusters, the original, um, he was maybe the less the least smart. Uh, mm. and maybe he was smarter in, in, you know, interpersonal things because the other, uh, the other characters were quite a bit more brainy, you know? Yes. He was a sleazy salesman type character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, you, you need to have that sort of thing, but I don't care for these reimagining of stories where they're just shitting on the characters. 
Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. In my you know opinion, what? they're shitting on I the want, I want, if you want diverse cast, diverse, diverse everything, I'm all for that. I want a diverse story then. I don't want a story from my childhood that you're just going to lazily put these diverse people in. Like, I want, like, you give me a diverse story. I don't, I don't need another Marvel movie. I don't need another Ghostbusters movie. I don't need another James Bond movie. I want a fresh original story that's a diverse story that comes from diverse people. I don't need another Hollywood, you know, by the book, paint by the numbers, blockbuster. I agree. You know, if you're going to modernize, let's say Jane Austen, because there's a thousand and one fan fictions, people love it. Yeah. If you're going to modernize it, make a diverse cast, of course. Yeah. But if you're setting but it, make it in your own too. England, you can't have diversity in that. I mean, there was no diversity in upper class England in the 1700s. There yeah. just wasn't. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, that's part of the problem in our society now is that they were assholes then and were getting a hangover still from them. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> it, it's. Why don't you go back and fix it? Go back yeah, go, and you fix yeah. Victorian England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm about halfway through the cigar now. But yeah, yeah, me as well. I was just I thinking am, we should do a cigar check. Yeah, I am really enjoying it. It's uh, yeah. Really I wish I could. Um, I wish I could unsmoke part of it and smoke it again. Mm-hmm. No, it's really uh, well rounded. Still dark, but it's not. It's not overpoweringly that. so. It's not no. Um, not the and I'll say the the first, you know, the first half inch inch, uh, that was that was really really bold. Um, Very bold. I liked it. I still liked it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't bitter. It wasn't. Um, you know, it wasn't unsavory. It was, but it was a lot. And if it would have, if it would have stayed that bold, uh, we'd probably have different opinions on this cigar right now. But it it really has mellowed out. Yes. Yeah, if it would have stayed that bold, I'm pretty sure I would not have. Uh, I don't know if I could have smoked it all. Oh, you would have. <laughs> I know you, and I know you would have. Uh, just, uh, to, just to spite it. Oh, you think you can yes. outbold me? <laughs> <laughs> Sad but true. Sad but true. Yes. I uh, have you ever watched a channel called the Metatron? A YouTuber <laughs> called the Metatron? No, no. Oh, he uh, talks about. Uh, all sorts of historical things. He's a very interesting character, but he do, he did a video recently on putting, and he's had this series for a while, putting black characters or uh, Indian Indian being from India characters uh, in storylines, historical type settings that they don't belong in. And it's not, they don't belong in it in uh, like, oh, authoritarianism. It's just, if you misrepresent the past in our entertainment, it is misinformation. Uh, yeah, if you if you misrepresent the past with the intent of making a film that is you know historical, historically based, uh, opposed to Tarantino's uh, fantastical retellings or reimaginings of historical events, or you know like what right. ifs. Um, right, you know that it's alternate reality. So. Yeah, yeah. I also want to say though that it's not just putting, uh, you know, diverse people into um, historical situations where they were not, di- or there weren't diverse people. Uh, it goes the other way too. Like if you're watching a movie set in Africa before white people ever got there, and you have white people running around, like that's 
that's a problem too. And uh, the only one that really comes to mind and has nothing to do with Africa. So I don't know why I mentioned that, but the James Bond movie with Sean Connery and they make him like look Japanese for a portion of the film. And that was like their big thing with Q and they're like, Hey, we're going to make you look Japanese. And uh, of course he doesn't, he looks like Sean Connery with, you know, like a bowl cut. Um, And so, I mean, that's probably a very, very low point in the James Bond franchise uh, for just a lot of all things, all things, guilty of that. They even had Marlon Brando playing a Japanese guy in a movie. I can't remember. Oh yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Just insane. That's insane. But, but, but why? No. Well, yeah, yeah. Look at all the cowboy and indie movies from the 30s and And I know there were. Where all of them were white. There were no black people. And we know there was a ton of black people in the West. A lot of black cowboys, you know, uh, ranch hands. Uh, A lot of black cowboys and ranch hands. Cowboys were kind of uh, outlaws at that time. Yeah. And uh, Native Americans are Native Americans, right? Like, there were Comanches in the 20s and 30s and 40s that could have played those actors. (laughs) You know? Yeah. They were just assholes. Um, They were. And, you know, I'm not up to speed on... um you know, how many good or, you know, recognized Native American actors there were back in the 30s or 40s. I don't, I don't uh, know, uh, you know, and, and I me apologize either. for that. I don't, you know, I'm really bad with actors and names and things too. So I'm just going to kind of like play that card and be like, I don't know. Um, but it kind of brings back to the uh, black rednecks and white liberals because he's talking about in there, he talks about like the, the black colleges, they didn't have black professors because there weren't any black people that had the qualifications to be black professors yet, you know, so they had white professors come in and teach at these black colleges to get that the black population to that level of education where they could then take over and be professors. Sure. You know, yep. um, and I, you know, and I just, I don't know, could it have been a similar thing with, you know, minority or, you know, diverse actors uh, back in the thirties, forties? I don't know. I, I honestly oh, there don't was, know. There was a lot of bl- crazy blackface going on. And, oh, no, I know that. You know, I, I just mean like, you know, I, I can't think of any, you know, famous Native American actors of that era. And no, probably because Hollywood didn't cast them, you know. Right. Uh, but, uh, you well, know, I have even, to do some, some research on that. But They would even uh, get rid of the Mexican actors, too. Was as Well, as everybody knows. Yeah, there's Mexican cowboys and ranch hands to this day. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you're having an all white cast in an area that was diverse traditionally. Yes. in real life, you know, it's crazy. I did think of a modern movie that had all white actors playing Africans. It oh. was uh, what was it? The Egyptian Gods. You remember that movie? They came out hmm, huge blockbuster no. that flopped. Okay. Um. And it had yes, all white it, actors. It totally sounds gods. like a movie that I wouldn't watch. <laughs> just, yeah, no, just to be honest with you. I didn't watch um, it either. It was like, why do you have all these? This is ridiculous. Like, this is a story about the mythology of Egypt, right? Like, there yeah. were no white people there. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Not, yeah. But then it's, you get the people, uh, you get the people uh, that also will just um, uh, cry foul. Just to cry foul because there was a, a movie with uh, Rami Malek and he was oh, okay. he was playing an Egyptian. I, it might have actually been Night at the Museum. He was playing like one of the pharaohs or something. And there was some angry comments like, why do you have a white dude playing this Egyptian person? And somebody was like, 
Uh, that's Rami Malik, and he literally is Egyptian. <laughs> so, um, right. you know, so some people just want to, you know, cry foul for the sake of crying foul. Oh, sure. And I know in the animated world, there was a big push there for a quick minute to get diverse act voice actors in uh, to voice cartoon characters. Yeah. And there's been uh, pushes, you know, to have only only gay actors can play gay parts and only transgender people can play transgender parts. And- yeah. And I remember that with the uh, Eddie Redmayne uh, movie where he played a uh, transgender and people were mad that it wasn't a transgender uh, actor. Sure. And, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, people get mad about that, but then they were completely fine with Brokeback Mountain with two straight dudes banging in a tent, uh, pretending to be gay, you know? So, sure. but I know there's probably like a whole like sub fetish for that. Oh, there's, you know, I guarantee you that. I'd bet money. <laughs> I'd bet money. <laughs> well, don't, well, don't send me links on that. Um, <laughs> yep. Email. But, you know, where where do you where do you draw the line though? Because I don't know. In, in my opinion, an actor is playing something they're not all the time, all the time. Oh, of course, it's and, pretending that you're not. You know, are we going to get upset every time a, a gay character is portrayed by a non-gay actor? Well, I was upset when uh, in Lord of the Rings they had all those hobbits, and none of those people were hobbits. All right, you no, know what? No, no. I was so mad about that too. Yeah, they needed. To go I to said the we have so many good hobbits running around. <laughs> all great actors. All great actors. Yeah. Well, and all like the Klingons in Star Trek. I mean, not one of those Klingons was portrayed by an actual Klingon. Oh, Talk about cultural appropriation. I know. My, yeah, Michael Dorn. Pretty sure that's Worf. Yep. Don't quote me on that's that. That's Worf. I'll, I will, because you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Dorn and his brother, uh, oh, no, Captain whatever, Kern. Yeah. But, well, and they had uh, Christopher Lloyd play a Klingon. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Which I thought was fantastic. Yep. Yep. No, I, uh, as you know, I'm a Star Trek fan. Yeah. And uh, I think it's great. <laughs> you, you know where Star Trek uh, really kind of lost me, though. Hmm. Well, the newer the new movies, because um, I don't like I don't need to go back and see somebody else play Captain Kirk. Um, but I thought the movies were fine, except you know the second one was Wrath of Khan, and they promised us that it wasn't Wrath of Khan, and then you went into the theater and you saw it, and it totally was Wrath of Khan. You yes. know, Benedict Cumberbatch playing Khan. Um, and it's it's the same thing. It's like you're you're just you're retelling the movie from before. You didn't even write a new movie. You just you you grab the script from Paramount's locker of scripts and you just you made it. You know. Um but I just I didn't like the Beastie Boy tracks in a Star Trek movie. Sure. Right? Like he's like he's cruising listening to Beastie Boys and it's like fine. But there's been so many other Star Trek movies where they either like, you know, they'll do some classical music or something, you know, like Picard and and whatnot. Um, but you could invent any kind of music you wanted, like literally any kind of music you wanted. It's a make believe set in the future. You could have any 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 music you wanted. That would require you know? creativity. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, 
uh, I went and saw the new Batman, mm-hmm. the Robert Pattinson Batman. Yes, which I, I thought what, I thought it was very well done. It's a three-hour movie that does not feel like three hours. Uh, so they did a, a, a phenomenal job with the editing and the pacing, and and everything. The makeup was amazing. Uh, but they uh, so it's a three-hour movie, and they played one pop song twice, the same pop song twice in the movie. It's a Nirvana track, and it just like they played it in like the beginning part of the movie, like the first, I don't know, hour maybe. And I was like, whoa, what, what, what's going on here? Uh, because like Gotham, it's supposed to be, you know, like New York or a, kind of a combination of major American cities. Um, but I don't remember ever having them have like real life pop songs, you know what sure. I mean? Uh, so it really was kind of like off putting. And I was like, that really kind of took me out of, you know, the Gotham aesthetic that they had going. And then, Towards the end of the movie, they play the exact same song again. And I'm like, okay, it's a three-hour movie. Granted, yes, yes. And I understand the radio will play whatever song is popular. They play it, you know, twice an hour or something. So that's not out of the realm of possibility, but it still is is, is a three-hour movie. You can't play the same song twice in a three-hour movie. You could do an instrumental version first and then over the end credits play the actual pop song. Like, that's fine. That's fine with me. It's not pulling me out of anything. It's, you know, a nice subtle way to include that piece of music uh in the movie but i just that was kind of my biggest complaint about the entire entirety of that movie in the interest of fairness i would like to go back to wrath of khan okay let's do that because i thought about this so in the remake uh benedict cumberbatch who's a very white british man is playing a character called khan noonian soon who's supposed to be kind of from the India region of the planet, Superman from the past, you know, reawoken. Uh, yeah. And it was originally played by Ricardo Montalban, who was a Mexican. So yes. in the original, he did not get, uh, the, the character did not get played by a Superman from the Pakistan region, let's say. But they could have done that now. They oh, could have at least cast yes. that character in a way that made sense, not just some like skinny white guy. You know, he's supposed to be like a superhuman in the context of Star Trek, you know. Uh, yeah, um, which, I guess it, here's my question. And <clears throat> I'm not doing this because this is what I believe. I'm doing this because I want you to think on your feet. And um, I'm going to try and get you flustered a little bit. Um, <laughs> what if he was shirtless? No, no, that's not what I was going to say. Um, partially. If, he should be if, partially shirtless. What if, what if, the, uh, what if the point that they're trying to make with that is that in the future that this movie is set in that uh, humanity will be so homogenized that you could be, have that name and look like a skinny white British dude. Uh, I would say that if that was the point, then they wouldn't have all of the other diverse actors in the story. You know, because they have a Japanese guy with a Japanese name. They have an African woman with an African name. They have a white guy, you know, from Iowa with a white guy from Iowa name. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't saying that because that's what I believed. I was just saying, you know, like for the counterpoint, what if that's what, you know, that's how they're trying to get up around lazy screenwriting or well, lazy it casting. Is la- yeah, it's lazy casting, lazy screenwriting. I mean, lazy all around for sure. But they could have gotten some bodybuilder. Uh, yeah. You know. Somewhere to play that role, 
who was actually Indian and yeah. not, you know, <laughs> like a British Indian guy, whatever. I don't care. He probably should, uh, in an English speaking movie, obviously he needs to speak English, but he can yeah. have an accent. He could have uh, got, but, um, Gandhi. Gandhi was ripped. Right. He was ripped. <laughs> ripped where it mattered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was hoping you're going like the brain, but, uh, that's not where, <laughs> that's not where you were going. So. <laughs> Oh, you mean one of the most brilliant guys in like the last hundred years? I can't make fun of him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's like perfect example of, well, they should have, I can't believe they didn't make a stink about it now that I really think about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just seems, it does, it seems so kind of, um, you know, uh, pick and choose. Like they just—I uh, don't. They—I don't know who they are. You know, the uh, social the justice warriors yeah. or um, whatever. You know, the the them's behind the curtain. Um, but you know, why wouldn't people get upset about that? You know, why why didn't people get upset about Brokeback Mountain outside of the religious right? Uh, but I mean, for the casting non-gay people in gay roles. Right. There's plenty of extremely attractive gay men in Hollywood that could have played uh, ranchers in Montana. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's we, plenty we know of, this. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of, plenty of gay actors that would love to uh, play that role. I'm sure. Well, and, and you know what? They don't have to necessarily be attractive. I mean, that's kind of, isn't that kind of what the point is supposed to be is we don't have to have um, like the womanizing of James Bond because, you know, everyone's beautiful in their own way. I mean, I think that's like ideally what people want, but they can't vocalize that. Possibly, you know. Uh, well, I met I it, met a lot of ranchers in Montana, and uh, they're not. Were they usually, were they all beautiful? Yeah, they're not as attractive as Heath Ledger. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> and the women certainly don't look like whatever actresses that are human goddesses they have in the movie that I don't even know the names, but I'm sure I'm certain they were attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certain, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I have about two inches left of my cigar, and uh, it's still good. That whole yeah, middle I've, section was just has been really good. Yeah, I've got uh, probably a little more than two inches, uh, just because now that it's not quite so bold, uh, Mike, you've been able to outpace me once again. Yes, yes, I have. But we did uh, we did a lot better, I think this uh, this episode, um, kind of keeping pace uh, with one another. Yes, that's I haven't, that I haven't really had to uh, I haven't really had to speed up, and I don't think you've slowed down any. No, no, I haven't. I've just been uh, casually puffing away. Yeah. So. Yeah, this one's I like this one quite a bit. Now I have a question for you. And I've done no research, so I'm going to sound like a total fool. What happened? That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, well, if if anybody is listening, they can tell we're fools. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hopefully, somewhere in the, in the middle of the uh, the fool spectrum, where we're educated <laughs> enough to know when we're being a fool. I would. Well, you know, at least when it's pointed out, we should. Yeah, complete and utter fool. It. We know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what happened to Lou Diamond Phillips? His I would love to tell you if I knew who that was. 
Um, like I said, I'm very terrible with names to the point that uh, if we're watching a movie, uh, my wife and I, I'll, and I can't think of the actor's name who we're watching, I'll just pick another actor's name and be like, man, I can't believe uh, so-and-so's in this movie and he's doing such a great job. And she'll go, that's not, <laughs> that's yep. not that actor. Uh, it's it's quite fun. Uh, she enjoys it a lot uh, when I do yeah, that. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> <does>. <laughs> okay, so uh, refresh my memory on who this person is, and then I will tell Lou, you what happened to them. Yes, Lou Diamond Phillips played in Young Guns as one of the gang. He was one of the Mexican members of the uh, the uh, regulators that rode with Billy the Kid and all those characters. And he was in a lot of blockbuster-type movies in the late 80s and early 90s. And then for about 20, 30 years, he was gone. And now I've been seeing him as, uh, like, bit roles in some of these, like, cop dramas that my parents watch during the summertime. It's, uh, you know, you go and visit them, and they'll be watching NCIS, whatever. And I've seen him in a lot of these shows. I don't know if he's a regular character on that show particularly or what. But he's kind of disappeared off the earth for a while. Oh, I just pulled him up, man. Uh, and I totally, he's right. I recognize him. Like, I know him. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was super famous. I'm just uh, telling you, I'm I'm terrible with names of actors and, and musicians. Yeah. There we go. But, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see anything that uh, necessarily explains, like, his absence. I guess, I guess he's been on some TV stuff, and I don't watch a lot of TV things, so. That's why probably probably you haven't seen him either if you don't watch TV shows. No, I don't watch. Well, it I looks watch, like yeah. uh, from old, twen- old sci-fi shows. From 2012 to 2017, he was on uh, Longmire uh, TV oh. show. But, uh, you know, I haven't seen that, so. Never heard of it. But yeah, it looks like he went to TV. Oh, good for to, him. T- to explain what happened to him. Uh, and well, and I, I miss him. Yes, I miss him too. I miss him too. I miss Emilio Estevez as well, and Charlie yeah. Sheen. He's not on there anymore either. I love Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah, yeah, great crazy guy. <laughs> uh, we did. Uh, we did just watch a movie though, recently within the past year or so, year or two, uh, and Emilio Estevez was was in it. And I think oh. the movie the movie wasn't very good. I don't I don't recall, but I remember saying like, "Oh, it was good to see Emilio again." Um, but I can't remember what it was. <clears throat> the last movie I saw, not the last movie I saw, but one of my favorite movies he was in was Judgment Night. I just think that movie is, is uh, great. You know? Okay, I haven't seen that one, so I'll have to put that on my list to watch. Oh, it's got, got Cuba Gooding Jr. and Emilio Estevez and Dennis Leary. Okay. And uh, very good. Very good, like, horror, horror action in a okay. modern setting. Yes. He's got the guy from Entourage. I can't remember his name. Well, uh, my own bad memory with actors' names. <laughs> yeah, a uh, really good like modern horror movie that I, uh, we watched was The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Okay. And that one was, it was fantastic. It was really, really good. And um, that same actor, he wrote, directed, and acted in it. And he also, I think, Jim Cummings. Uh, and he also did one called Thunder Road, which was kind of like based off of the Bruce Springsteen 
song, or that's where it gets its name from. Uh, they never actually use the song in the movie, which is a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, but that one was good too. It was completely different. It was um, like the Wolf of Snow Hollow is more of like the creature horror, uh, but it's more like funny than horror. And um, and then the uh, Thunder Road is like a police officer who's on suspension or something. Um, I don't know, trying to win his daughter. Um, so uh, two two very different <clears throat> movies, but they're both excellent. Might have to start watching movies again. I will yeah, have more. I time think this so. Summer. I think so. Yeah, we've been watching uh, Stargate. Yeah, whole the whole Stargate universe of uh, fil- of uh, television shows, and then also we started watching The Witcher. Okay, which I don't know if you've seen that. But I haven't seen it. I wanted to watch it, but so here's my thing with like TV series. I am much much more interested in watching them if if they're done, like if they're done yes. making them. Um, and I think maybe that's why I like British, uh, television series more because they typically only go for two or three seasons max. Um, mm-hmm. and then the, and then the writers, they go on and do something else and they put out another, another series, but it's, you know, again, it's only a couple, couple of seasons long. So. Right. It's not, uh, not the Star Trek where it's, but it's not the Simpsons five shows. And it's all not South Park. That. You know, you don't yeah. have to watch like, Oh, I want to start with one while well, they're still going and they're, you know, 30 seasons deep now. Right. They'll never be off the air. Well, they no. will eventually, but... I don't know if they will. I mean, they're bringing people back with CGI and, you know, who's to say they won't, like, bequeath the Simpsons um, property to somebody else to keep it going? Sure. Yeah, it's possible. I know that uh, if you when you do watch The Witcher, it is very rated mature, quote-unquote. A lot of uh, sex and swearing and violence, so... Not you wouldn't watch with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> not a good one to watch with the kids. Oh yeah, probably well, not. <clears throat> it's good. There's another show that has a diverse casting that makes sense. Okay, well, I mean that's uh, based on a video game. It's based on a video game. It's well, it's based on a series of novels written by a Polish dude. Oh okay. And he's uh, I after I watched the show, you know, of course I did the internet uh, rabbit hole. Yep. And he's apolitical, you know, uh, type of guy. So, yeah, very interesting. And I know that he has criticized the English translations of his works <laughs> yep. for not having accurate language, I guess. Well, that's, uh, you know, translations, that's always interesting. I know that um, I really enjoy Marcus Aurelius. And when I was researching which edition of of his, uh, his journal, you know, meditations, uh, to get, I went down so many rabbit holes on which translation was, you know, quote unquote, the best or the truest to the original text. So what's the answer? Uh, the answer is that there are two very good ones. I've only read the one uh, but there's a newer one that just came out within the past year or so, a new translation and a new edition and everything. Um, and I guess that one's uh, very well done. Um, I don't I don't know which edition I have. I'll look I'll look right now, but uh, we can keep talking. Absolutely. You should read it in Latin. That's the answer. 
read yeah. it in Latin. That way you don't uh, you don't lose anything. I guess so. Except the language. Right. Well, Latin's not that difficult to read. Uh, but it's, was, it's uh, dead. It's dead. It is dead, but you can find all the Catholic texts and stuff in Latin still, so. It's dead, Jim. It's dead. <laughs> Sorry for the dead air. I was uh, yelling oh, here, for the dog to come inside. Oh, yeah. So here it is. Um, it is the Meditations, a new translation. And it's... Um, it's only eight bucks uh, on Amazon. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Someday we'll be on Bezos's uh, super yacht that they tore a bridge down to. Yeah, to he's gonna come and uh, he's gonna slap me silly with a copy of this book because I didn't give him um, any money for mentioning a book that he sells. <laughs> uh, but okay, so it's uh, Gregory Hayes. Uh, it's it's the Gregory Hayes translation, uh, and that's the one that I read. And then there's a a newer one, uh, which might be hardcover. It might have extra like little footnotes and things. Um, but I've I've heard that it's good, so therefore it must be. Well, everything you read on the internet is true. Yeah. So here it is. Uh, the new one that I want to read is the um, Marcus Aurelius Meditations, the annotated edition. Uh, translated by Robin Waterfield. Okay. And so I hear that one is is a nice translation too, and and with the annotations gives you a little bit more to go on. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, I've read the Penguin Classics edition years ago. Okay. I'm not sure if that's a good translation or not, to be fully honest. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I guess on some level, on some level, if you're reading something, uh, something like that anyway, it's probably better than not reading that. Um, but you could certainly get more true to what what was intended um, by getting a one of the higher rated translations, I suppose. Sure. But it's interesting that, you know, uh, Marcus Aurelius, this was basically his journal. So it's not like he was writing it for publication uh, or even intending anyone else to ever see it. Right. Yeah, I'm aware that a lot of it was. Uh, like he wrote it on horseback it? a lot of times when he was, you know, uh, traveling. Oh, really? Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. I didn't know that. I know that a lot of it was. Uh, not so much a, it was like him uh, chiding himself because he was making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Reminding himself, it was very self-reflective. Those mistakes, yes, yes, and and um, <clears throat> and, and mistakes, yes, and also, um, you know, he's part of the the Stoic philosophy, Stoicism, and one of the big critiques of people that haven't really researched much about stoicism is that they think that these people are emotionless um, or strive to be because you know oh he was stoic you know and as somebody who's like in the face of, of great um, emotional turmoil and they you know they stay like you know poker faced basically through it but uh really it's 
embracing your emotions, but not letting them carry you away or carry your thought process away. Um, and so there's a lot of that kind of like self-chiding in there too. Like, oh, I was angry about this and, and I shouldn't have made this decision in anger, you know, um, kind of things like that. Yep. Well, my cigar at about an inch and a half is now starting to get sour. Yep. Mine's, uh, mine's sour and I've, I've got, I have maybe about two inches. Um, oh, okay. But it's, it's just, I could just, when you said that, I could just, I just took a puff and I just kind of got a little hint, a little hint of sour. Just a touch. So I know it's coming. Yes, it is coming. <laughs> bitterness, bitterness. Ooh. Yep, yep. Uh, so maybe I'll slow down and see if that fixes it. Possibly so. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, it stayed lit the whole time. Uh, very even burn for me on on this one. You know, it uh, after I knocked the initial ash off, it uh, re evened up. Oh, perfect! And now it's uh, very, very, uh, very, very even smoke, and the uh, box pressing rounded off towards yep. the end there. Yes, mine, mine, mine did as well. Um, yeah, I would say you know there are some cigars you can smoke. Um, pretty close to the end um, and they taste taste great all the way through I don't know that this is going to be one of those though no I uh, I'm about done with it to be honest with you because it's starting to get that uh, dirt taste oh yep yep which is you know the sign the sign to be done which is fine <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> sign for it's me good. to be done smoking <laughs> yes um, but yeah all in all it was a it was an enjoyable cigar I thought um I thought it was a lot more consistent throughout. Yes, it was very consistent, consistently good. Yes, there was no uh, wasted, uh, wasted space, so to speak. Yep. So, very that good. True. I would highly recommend it to uh, anyone. I suppose I'll yeah. have to send anyone? you a care package here. Yeah, I'll have to send one uh, your way, or or maybe we should try and. Um... I don't know, meet up in person. We could. We definitely could do that. I know that next weekend I am busy, as usual, but yeah. I will be coming down mid-April Okay, uh, to the cities. We'll be going so, up, uh, I think, mid-April, because uh, that's oh, my wife's okay. birthday. Oh, yeah. So we'll have, to, um, we'll have to coordinate some schedules there. Yeah. She's not old enough for me to lie about her age yet, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the weekend, I had a friend turn uh, 53, and we're like, "Oh, he's he's 33 now." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, we had our neighbors over, and he he likes cigars and pipes uh, as well, and he's 51. And um, we have a lot of older friends, though. Uh, most of the people we hang out with are, uh, you know, like one of my best buddies. We watch a lot of um, shitty movies together. And he's eight years older than I am. And, um, you know, most of my friends are older. You know, I've got a couple of good friends that are in their 50s um, mm -hmm. and stuff. And, of course, you, you know, you're, what, uh, 62 now? Yes, yes, I am 62. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess um, I'd be close to retirement. That's yeah. positive. So I don't know why I'm still smoking <laughs> this cigar. Uh, I should be done, too. 
Perfect. Yeah, anyone anyone younger than me, uh, well, okay, so any any female I ever talk about is always 21. And I've never had any any um, complaints from the females, uh, whether, yes. they're, whether they're younger than 21 or older than 21. They all seem to like 21 as a number, so... That does seem to be the peak age. It's a safe. Age. It's a safe bet. Um, yes, yes, it is. A very safe bet, especially when you know she's not twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I suppose we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you do the the punch eighteen forty Diablo. That is a wise investment for something that is a little bolder and darker than other cigars. Yeah, than average. There, there's little, there's certainly there's and certainly darker, darker cigars than this one out there, um, but this one is if you like the bolder, bolder and darker flavor, this is a good one. Absolutely. All right. Well, join us next episode where we talk about. Who knows? Whatever you talk about. Who we'll knows? We'll figure it out. We uh, will figure it out. We'll figure it out, and you will find out. Do so you have any for uh, us. Kentucky Shrews at home? No, I don't. Uh, but here's what I wanted to do with that. Okay, because so our episode format is basically we light a cigar, smoke the cigar, and when we're done with the cigar, the episode's done. Uh, yes. Which I think is great because we can talk about the stuff that we normally talk about. I mean, for, for Mike and myself here, this is when we get together and smoke cigars in the same room or the same space, that's what we do. We light it and then we just talk about all sorts of things. Um, we're a little more focused uh, for these podcasts here than we are in, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yes, but, we are. Um, but what I was thinking about for the shrews, because they're, they're smaller and you can smoke them quickly, um, I wanted to do like a shrew showdown where we get the oh. Kentucky Shrews that we like, but we've been eyeing. So we've been eyeing on pipesandcigars.com, not a sponsor, um, some other Shrew packs. And so if we each, you know, if you bought a different pack and I bought a different pack, we'd have like three different Shrews and we could do a three Shrew episode where we sure. smoke three Shrews and we cut them in half, you know, whatever. I don't know however long we think we need to be smoking them. Um, but then we could kind of give our, give our thoughts and say, Hey, you know, these shrews, they're all around the same price point, or this one's a little more expensive. Uh, is it worth it? Isn't it worth it? Which of these is best? Sure. I like that idea. All right. So that will be coming up sometime. Sometime in the future. Yes. Sometime in the future. Um, uh, but yeah, we're going to wrap this episode up and then we will see you next episode.